0: 1 Chronicles 13. And David consulted with the captains of thousands and hundreds and with every leader. And David said unto all the congregation of Israel, If it be if it seem, good unto, if it seem good unto you, and that it be of the Lord our God, let us send abroad unto our brethren everywhere that are left in the land of Israel, and with them also to the priests and to the Levites, which are in their cities and suburbs, that they may gather themselves unto us, and let us bring again the ark of God to us, for we inquired not at it in the days of Saul. And all the congregation said that they would do so, for the thing was right in the eyes of the people. So David gathered all Israel together from Shira of Egypt until the entering of Hamath to bring the ark of God from kirjath Jearim. And David went up and all Israel to Bala, and that is to Kirjath-Jerim. which belongeth to Judah, belonged to Judah to bring up thence the ark of God the Lord that dwelleth between the cherubims whose name is called on it. And they carried the ark of God in a new cart out of the house of Abinadab and Uzah and Ahio drove the cart and David and all Israel played before God with all their might and with singing and with harps and with psalteries and with timbrels and with cymbals and with trumpets and when they came to the threshing floor of Chidon. Uzah put forth his hand to hold the ark, for the ox, for the oxen stumbled. And the ark of the Lord was kindled against Yuzah and smote him. Behold, he put his hand to the ark, and there he died before God. And David was displeased because the Lord had made a breach upon Yuzah. Wherefore that place is called Perez Yuzah to this day. And David was afraid of God that day, saying, How shall I bring the ark of God home to me? So David brought not the ark to himself, to the city of David, but carried it also into the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite. And the ark of God remained with the family of Obed-Edom and in his house three months. And the Lord blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that he had. Amen. If you're going to help, I want you to put your Bibles down, put your phones down. Just for a few moments, a few few minutes today, I'm going to preach about the blessings of Obed-Edom. Amen. The blessings of Obed-Edom, amen. Lord, we thank you for your mercy and your grace today. Come on, help me pray one time. Lord, we thank you, God. God, help me to say it the way you want it to be said today, Lord. Give me liberty in the name of Jesus, amen. Hallelujah. You can be seated. I want to talk for just a little while and lay some groundwork about this man called Obed-Edom this morning. You may or may not have heard about him from the Old Testament, but he was a man blessed by God. In the three three months after King David abandoned the ark at his house, Obed-Edom doesn't tell us, the scripture doesn't tell us a lot about the man directly, but we can glean from the scripture if you do a search and you begin to find the place where his name is mentioned all throughout the scripture. You can build a pretty good idea of who the man really was he was a faithful steward amen even though it was a temporary play, it was a temporary holding of the ark he was a temporary steward and holder of the ark he was a faithful steward to the ark of god to the presence of god to the, that was the ark represented the incarnate presence of the lord in that in this day and time in the old testament where the ark of of the covenant was was where the presence of the Lord is. How many of you know that we are all temporary stewards of the, of the presence of the Lord in our life? We all have a temporary a stewardship position. We are to keep our, 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 the, the Holy Ghost protected and preserved and to handle properly while it is in our care on this earth. Think about that for a little while. Obed-Edom was a devoted worshiper. The scripture calls him a doorkeeper in the house of God. He was a Levite of the tribe of Levi, a family man that received the blessings of the Lord because of his faithfulness to handle the Ark of the Covenant in the presence of the Lord in a proper manner. After King David had secured the kingship in Israel, he moved his palace from Hebron to Jerusalem and named it the City of David. He felt strongly compelled to also bring back the Ark of God to Israel so that they could begin to inquire of the Lord once again. Therefore, with pomp and pageantry, he and thousands of his countrymen began to to make the journey from the house of Abinadab back to Jerusalem. You see, the the ark had been resting at Abinadab's house for some 70 years, if if my memory serves me correctly. You see, everything seemed to be going fine in this endeavor, even with its questionable mode of transportation. This new cart with these oxen that now pulled the ark, of a Co- in the ark of the Covenant in a manner that had never been used before. Everything seemed to be going fine until they reached the threshing floor of Shadon. And the scripture says that the ox stumbled and Uzzah, one of the men guiding the ox, touched the Ark to steady it. And the scripture says that God's anger was kindled against him and he struck him down and killed him right there in the middle of the Parade in the middle of the rejoicing, in the middle of the party that they were having, bringing the ark back, God said, I cannot allow this to go on. And he killed Yuza right then and there. Because Yuza in his rashness and in his ignorance had touched the sacred and the holy. God could not allow Yuza to touch the ark with impunity because the people would have lost their respect for the ark. They would have lost their respect for its sacred purpose in their life. But instead of losing their, the people's respect that day, God was able to rearrange and reconfigure their minds and their hearts and their spirits and get them back in the proper minds, in mindset. Use his death, filled them with fear and sacred reverence once again. The children of Israel had been given very specific instructions about how they were to handle the Ark of the Covenant. all of the holy in th- all not just the Ark of the Covenant but all of the holy things pertaining to the holy or- articles given to the children of Israel by God that they were to use in worship in the Tabernacle, but because they were in a backslidden state and they had gotten so far from where, from where they needed to be with God but they, they, had, they had drifted so far away during the reign of Saul. And that Saul, the presence of the Lord had been ripped from Saul's life. Samuel had passed off the scene. He was gone. The children of Israel had scattered abroad like, like cattle that had gone sagebrush that had just spread out all over the place. They, had, they were so, in so many different, they worshipped different gods and they, they sought after different gods. They built idols to different gods and David it was in an attempt everybody that wanted to he, that's what he was doing in the beginning of this chapter he was saying everybody that wants to bring be a part of this and everybody that wants to begin to turn back to God and everybody that wants to follow God I'm calling everybody I'm calling all the children of Israel to come with me and let's usher the presence of the Lord back they had been given such specific instructions down to the the very last stitching in the tabernacle in the wilderness. But because they had backslidden and gotten so far from where from where they needed to be. They picked up some things. They assumed some things. They said it'll just be alright. If we just take the Ark of the Covenant. This holy oracle of God where God's presence rests. And transport it the best way that we think it's possible. The scripture says that it was a new Ark. I mean, a new cart that had never been used. This was their thinking. This was their mindset. This is what the theologians and commentaries say. This was their thinking. And it was a brand new cart. It had never been used for a common purpose. So therefore, it should be all right. It had never had anything on it that was dirty or tainted or nasty. It it should be all right. We're just assuming this is okay. Never been used for anything else before. It was somewhat special in that it had, had no common purpose. Are you still with me? Amen. You're still with me. You're still following me. I'd never, but I never, I in my studying, I never found, Sister Welch, where God told them to move the ark on this cart. I don't see David inquiring of the Lord before he made this decision. I don't I I don't see him inquiring, Lord, will this be all right? Should this be all right? About this new method that they were attempting to use. It was just something that they assumed would be all right. Why did they assume that? Thank you for asking. <laughs> because they had seen the Philistines do that. They saw, Brother Matt, they they saw that the Philistines sent the Ark of the Covenant. Back on that new cart with the milk cows drawing it away from the land of the Philistines with their calves locked in the barn, lowing as they went. So they said, Well, this should be all right. The, The Philistines got away with that. They handled it like this, so we should be able to handle it like this. My goodness. 1 Samuel chapter 6. There had never been, a, the, the, the Ark of the Covenant was lost. If you go back and read the story, Hophni and Phinehas took the Ark of the Covenant out to battle and they lost it to the Philistines. But even, oh reprobate Hophni and Phinehas, Brother Devin, they understood that you had to transport the Ark in the proper way. They understood that it was a protocol that you had to take to usher in the presence of the Lord in the proper way. Scripture says that the ox stumbled. I was in my office just studying last night and preparing for this. The Lord just spoke to me and he said the oxen is always going to stumble. The best laid plans that humanity can have to make your own, to get your own spiritual lives right are doomed from failure before they are even start. The oxen is always going to stumble when we try to do it by man's plan. The oxen is always going to stumble when we try to make up, say, okay, God, I think it'll be all right if we just do it this way. The oxen is always going to stumble. The best laid plan that humanity can come with is doom for failure if it's not done God's way. David wanted the ark of the God back, but he failed to take his time and to do his diligence to bring it back in the proper manner, in the proper way, and God had to stop him and remind him that God doesn't play games. My goodness, God had to remind David that the ark was serious business not to be trifled with because of human nature. God had to remind the children of Israel periodically of this. The ark of the covenant had been at Abinadab's house for quite some time, but before that, the Philistines had brought it back. And the the men at Beth Shemesh had had received it from the land of the Philistines. Scripture says that they took the cart and they smashed it into pieces and they they killed the cows and they made a burnt sacrifice there. But then they made a fatal error. They took and they removed the lid from the Ark of the Covenant. Scripture says that 50,067 people were killed that day because they peered into The Ark of the Covenant, they put their hands on something that God said, You can't handle it that way. You can't do that to it. You have to have proper respect. My God. The Ark of the Covenant was serious business. They had violated the holiness and the sacredness of God when they opened the Ark of the Covenant. Those hands that he said you can't touch, they were not Levites. Even the Levites couldn't touch it. People had, because of curiosity and because, I don't know what what would possess them to do that, other than the fact that they had just got cold and indifferent and they just lost their respect for the things of God. Maybe it had been gone so long that they thought that somehow the presence of God was not real and powerful and potent and sacred anymore. What What a testimony, what a parallel we could make to this world today. People have forgotten how sacred the kingdom of God is and the things of God are. Come on, Brother money they, they put away their fear of God. The scripture says that the fear of God is the beginning of all wisdom. You look at what's going on in our society and it's, you, can, you can trace it back to one of its root problems is that people do not fear God anymore. The holy doesn't mean anything. The sacred doesn't mean anything anymore. That was the time even in my childhood since, since, I'm, since I've grown up here that you you would never see a man walk into the house of God with his hat on, Sister Welch, with a ball cap on. But I've sat here in, in, in funerals and services and I've seen people come in with hats on their head. What? what they're not, maybe they're not bad people, but somehow they've, they've mishandled. They, they think it's all right to mishandle. They just don't know. Maybe those men of Shemesh just didn't know not to open the Ark of the Covenant. But God said that doesn't make any difference. You can't violate the sacred. You can't put your hands on the holy. Fifty thousand of them in one day. What did they do? They closed that Ark back up and they said, "You got to come get this." Who could stand before the God? of all the earth what if they'd had that kind of respect before they trampled on that treaded in that holy place mighty God I'm going somewhere I really am the sacredness of the ark see God didn't play around in the Old Testament he still doesn't play around Amen. people think they're getting away with a lot of stuff but they're really not getting away with it Too many people want to play around with God, but God isn't playing. Yes, He's merciful. Yes, He is patient. Yes, He is kind. But when the time for patience and mercy and grace is over, then God is a God of judgment. And He's a righteous judge that will execute it to the letter of the law. I'm not trying to scare anybody this morning to use this holy oracle as a bully pulpit. But I believe the world needs to be renewed in the fear of God once again. Come on, I believe the church every once in a while needs to go back, and we need to revisit a fear of the whole of a reverence for the things of God. Hey, we don't tread there. We don't go there. We don't do that. We don't handle it that way. We don't. We don't trans. We don't transgress the word of the of God because if you do, God. Has to react and he has to move in and he has to take things into his hands. <sighs> Mighty God. When User fell over dead, the party was over. The parade ended, it broke up. And it greatly disturbed King David. He wanted so bad to bring the ark of the covenant home, but God, God scared him that day. God put fear back, the fear of God back in him that day. Hey, church family, God wasn't trying to make David fearful and afraid that day. He wasn't trying to stop the ark from coming back to Jerusalem. But he simply demanded and he simply wanted to be treated with the proper respect. He wanted to be handled in the proper manner. He wanted to the proper protocols to be used. He wanted everything to be put in place and to be done decently and in order and done right before the ark of the covenant could be brought back to Jerusalem. Moses had gotten very specific instructions in the book of Exodus on how to build the ark and how to transport the ark and how to handle the ark and what to do and what not to do. The other children of Israel, even though they may have been backslidden, they knew it was some hard, fast rules, some things that you didn't, you didn't violate, you didn't, you didn't do. One of the things was touch the ark of the covenant. You see, it's a dangerous place. When we have knowledge of what not to do but you've lost respect for the holy and the sacred and the supernatural it's a dangerous place. Use in a hail were both the sons of Abinadab. They had been born in the house where the ark was. The ark had rested there for so long under their care in the Eleazar and under the care in Abinadab's house. They had been around it so long, Brother Matt, that I believe that they had gotten comfortable with the ark. They got familiar with the presence of the Lord. They got familiar with the holy things, and it just didn't mean that much to them anymore. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he thought he was doing the right thing. And in that moment, he just let his good judgment be overrode. In that split second, he said, Well, I've got to stop the ark from falling off. But he reached his hand out and he violated one of God's original do's and do not's. My gosh. Sometimes people can do the right thing for the wrong reason still be wrong in God's eyes I don't blame you maybe if I'd have been in his shoes I would have just in that split second did the same thing but God said I cannot I will not overlook it I can't violate this I believe probably probably usually in Ohio began to take their liberties with the Ark of the Covenant. The sacred was not that sacred anymore. How many people have second, third, fourth? I'm a second generation Pentecostal. And it's so easy to begin to take for granted the sacred things. It's so easy they say, well, it's, we've always had good church. We've always done this and we've always done that. And they just begin to lose their power, their power in our lives. They begin to lose their sacredness in our lives. They begin to lose their importance in our lives. I'm just preaching this morning. I'm not trying to beat up anybody. David became fearful. Took the ark of the to the house of God, house of God, took the ark not to the house of God where it was supposed to be, but he took it to the man's house that we started with this morning. He took it to the house of Obed-Edom, and he left it there for three months so he could go and regroup. He had to figure out what to do. It scared him. It put it put fear in his his spirit. He was he was. Reluctant now to bring it into his house. I don't know, Brother Matt. I was just, there's so many things I wanted to preach along this, and I'm trying not to make it too long. But maybe David knew that everything wasn't right in his house either. He said, Oh, I can't, I don't know if I can bring that to my house. I don't know if I can do that. Maybe everybody in my house don't know that you can't touch the sacred things. I've been to dab's boys, they should have known. Maybe I don't want to take that to my house because maybe my boys hadn't been educated properly either. I don't know. I'm just preaching now. Just giving you something to chew on this week and think about. He gave him 3 months, to, he took 3 months to regroup. Three months may seem like a long time or it may not seem like a long time depending on which side of the dime you're on. But it was not nearly enough when the blessings of the Lord started being poured out in Obed-Edom's life. You see, Obed-Edom, was the scripture says he was a Gittite. But really, he was a Levite. He was a, he was a sojourner. He had come by way of Gath. He had moved back to that land. He was not really a Gittite. He was really a child of God, of the tribe of Levi. In a day gone by, and an era gone by, and a lifetime gone by, when everything was being done properly and in the right perspective, brother Matt. He used to be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord whenever Samuel was alive, and whenever things were being done right, whenever the sacrifices were being made, whenever the pomp and circumference, and then the pageantry, the pageantry was all being done properly like God wanted it to do. Obed-Edom had stood there and he had been a doorkeeper. He had seen the priest come in and priests go out. He was of a second tier priest. He was not ever going to go into the holiest of holies. He was never going to see the ark. He would seen it come by veiled with that, with that velvet like, it was not velvet, but it was, it was it, that covering that had been made to cover the ark when it went out. He had seen it come by veiled in that thing. He knew that you couldn't touch it. He knew that how properly it had to be handled with the, with, the, with the rods that were made out of shite wood covered with gold. They had to to use the exact rods that were put in there and they were put on the 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 shoulders of the priest that were ordained and made for that. He knew how it was supposed to be handled. And I believe somehow in the midst of all this whenever David said, oh my Lord, what do we do? Where do we go? How are we supposed to handle this? How can anybody touch this and live? He said, looked around and there was an old obed Edom there, I don't know what age a man he was. The scripture doesn't say. But Old Edom was there. Just to I just can picture this in my mind. And they said, "Does anybody know? Is anybody still around that knows how to handle God's ark?" He said. He said. I. He said. I don't. He said, I, I know a little bit about what you're talking about. He said, I've never been the one that was the honored to carry it. He said, but I do know how it's supposed to be handled with the proper respect. It's supposed to be handled with the proper dignity. It's supposed to be handled in the proper manner. So they took that ark and they moved it to Obed-Edom's house. And God began to bless him there. The scripture says that all that he had was blessed. Why was it blessed? Oh, I could just tell you why I think it was blessed. It's because that it Obed Edom and understood. The value of handling the things of God properly. Because whenever you handle the things of God properly, they're not ever going to bring a curse to your life. Come on, but they're always going to bring a blessing to your life. Come on, the, the things of God, the Spirit of God, the house of God. If you'll begin to handle those things properly, if you'll begin to do your diligence and to walk in the, the proper way, the proper manner, they will never bring a curse to your life but it'll bring a blessing to your life that you cannot contain. Oh, come on, somebody help me just a little bit. Put your hands together. Thank the Lord. Come on, when you open up your house to the presence of God, there can be great blessings can flow in your life. If you'll just handle it properly, if you'll do your diligence not to transgress the holy things, but you'll walk in the word, you'll follow the word, you'll study the word, and you'll move into the proper pursuit, put it in its proper place and proper perspective. I was studying this, this a few weeks ago. And I just ran across this in one of the commentaries I was studying this story, and it was in the Lord just in my Lord it just blew my mind what I'm about to read to you. I was studying in Adam Clark's commentary. Let me just read the excerpt from you in full, then I'll just I'll I'll dive into it a little bit more. First Chronicles chapter 13 and 14, Adam Clark commentary. And the ark of God remained with the family of Obed-edom in his house three months. And the Lord blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that he had. The Lord blessed the house of Obed-Edom. This man was only a sojourner at Gath, whence he was termed Gittite, that he had originally been a Levi, is evident from 1 Chronicles chapter 15, verse 17 and 18. The Targum, now what is the Targum? Let me just explain that a little bit to you. The Targum is the original translation from, Aramaic to Hebrew, from Hebrew to Aramaic. By the end of the first century, Hebrew was almost a dead language only used by the Levites. Even the Jews didn't speak Hebrew anymore. The Aramaic was what they were using. And this is the Targum is the translation from Hebrew to Aramaic. This is how it ends. The Targum ends this chapter thus. And the word of the Lord blessed Obed-Edom. He didn't say the Ark of the Covenant. The Word of the Lord. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word blessed Obed Edom and his children and his grandchildren. And here's where it gets good. And his wife conceived, and his eight daughter in laws, and each brought forth eight at one birth. Insomuch that in one day there were found of fathers and children fourscore and one. And he blessed and greatly increased all that belonged to Obed-Edom. Uh, some of you are laughing because you got it already. So the original Hebrew to Aramic says that when during that three-month period of Obed-Edom's house, that Obed-Edom's wife became with child. And his eight daughter-in-laws became with child. And each one of them produced. Eight children at one birth. So that as in one day there were fathers and children. Four score and one, which is 20 times four is 80 plus one. Four score and one. There were 81 children born in the house of Obed-Edom after that three-month period. When the children of Israel, when God, let, when when he brought the Ark of the Covenant into his household. That ought to blow your mind right there. He's jumping ahead of me. That's all right. They couldn't hear you. David, I started to call this the day David missed his blessing. Because David was trying to do something new for the kingdom of Israel. And because he didn't bring the Ark of the Covenant back the proper way, I think maybe he missed the, the blessing that was supposed to go to David's house, went to Obed-Edom's house. Because eight is the number of new beginnings. There were eight daughter-in-laws, and each one of them had octuplets. That means 72. You add the number of husbands back in the midst of that, fathers and children, That's 81. 81 children born to the house of Obed-Edom now in the Old Testament the scriptures are very clear that children were the blessings from the Lord is that right? were children the blessings from the Lord? so God said not only that so I cannot help but wonder in, in, the, in, in Psalms I think it's 84 and 10 when David said I had rather been a doorkeeper In the house of the Lord than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. Maybe David was saying, he said, Maybe he was thinking about Obed. And he said, I'm, "That's the day I missed my blessing. I wish I had just got my ducks in a row and brought that ark of the covenant back to David's house, back to the city of David. Because you see, if he had begin started out and he had handled it properly, there had been there would have been a blessing upon his house that would have lasted for generations and generations and generations to come." You see, God always goes over the top. Now two or three children may have been able to be denied that this wasn't the blessing of God. But eight daughter-in-laws that had eight children each and Obed-Edom's wife conceived and had eight children. Now the the rabbis that translated this stuff from the regional Hebrew to the Aramaic They studied the lineages of every family. They knew the lineage of every family. You say, well, I have a hard time believing that, Brother Jeremy. I don't care if you believe it or not. Go study it for yourself if you don't believe it. The the, the rabbis that had translated this from from Hebrew to Aramaic Studied the lineages. They knew every person that went back and rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem. They can still to this day, the rabbis can go back and tell you the lineage of every Jewish family. Every person that was born. You say, why is all that stuff important in the word of God? Because it's showing proof, black and white, of how God can begin to manifest Himself and bring blessing and prosperity to our lives. Let me tell you something, there is nothing that is going to supersede the blessings of God in your life. If you'll learn how to bring the, the presence of God in the right perspective, put it in the right perspective, put it in the right place in your life, there is nothing that is going to supersede God's blessing in your life if you'll learn how to handle the ark properly. Uh, eight was the day of new beginning, Brother Matt. David was trying to do a new thing, and God said, here's eight women. He said, I'm going to give them eight babies. And he said, and when they're they're born, they're all going to come forth on the same day. And in one day, fathers and children, 81 children were born. That's mind-blowing. I know it is. I'd have been ruminating on it for about two or three weeks. It's already sank in for me. The blessings of Obed-Edom. When the blessings of the Lord begin to come to your life, there is nothing like it. 72 children. Nine sets of octuplets. That seems impossible. It is. Anybody but God, that's impossibility. Come on, when the blessings of the Lord start flowing... Come on, we've all we've all known people that have said, "Well, I don't see how in the world they've got what they've got." They, I don't see how in the world God has done what they've done. I don't see how in the world I don't that don't even seem like it's right. That don't even seem like it's possible. But all I can say is that perhaps somewhere along the way they learned the value of handling the things of God properly. They learned the value of putting the things of God in its proper place in their life. And whenever they did, God began to let the blessings flow in their life—a blessing that they could not contain a blessing that they didn't know what to do with a blessing that was beyond all imagination <clears throat> children of of Obed Edom uh, mighty God. He'd think that David perhaps had nobody to eat them on his mind. I know I've already said it. When he wrote Psalms. You see, David had dwelled in the tents of the wicked. David had had everything. He'd seen the best of the best living in the tents of the kings of the Philistines whenever he was running from Saul. Go back and study it out. He had seen the best that the world had to offer. But he said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper. He said, I'd rather have the blessings of the Lord. I wouldn't trade the blessings of God for everything else that this world has to offer. All the riches, all the, all the everything that the kings of this world have to offer. All the luxuries that the royalties of this world have to offer. I wouldn't trade any of that for the ark of the Lord being in the proper place in my house. And the blessings of God flowing in my house. Satariyadei body God but Edom understood how to handle the sacred he understood how to handle the holy he understood how to revere the ark of the Lord and give it pr- the proper care that he needed hey church family our attitudes matter Our attitude about the house of God matters. Our attitude about the things of God matters. As we approach living for God, we have to have reverence and respect. We have to have honor for the things of God and for the word of God, for the matters that pertain to God. We need to have our attitude in line and our spirits in check. Once David saw the ark of the Lord, was bringing such wonderful blessing to the house of Obed-Edom. He was anxious to go retrieve it back to Jerusalem But this time He did it a little bit differently He got all the Levites and the priests together And he told them He said we're going to do it right this time He said we're not going to touch the ark Nobody but the Levites is supposed to, going to touch the ark this time Was the knowledge there before in David's life? Yes. I believe he knew. Go back and read it. I think it's in like chapter 15. It's just a couple of... It is. It's in 15. I'm looking at it right here. Go back and read it. He said, we're going to do it right this time. We're going to handle it properly. We're going to go by the book. We're going to go about this the right way, the godly way priest and the Levites went to the house of Obed-Edom. The Scripture says, "When they had go ahead and stand with me, I'm almost through. When they had picked up the ark, that the Lord helped them. It, it's that was an amazing Scripture to me. The, com, the commentaries, and I, I refer to commentaries. That's how you study and you learn stuff as you read commentaries. I like to read the Bible, but I like to read other stuff that helps me dig in deep, learn some of the history, finds out some of the stuff. What it what on the under." the deeper you know this is a hidden some of the things in the word of God are hidden treasures and you got to dig them out amen the scripture says that whenever the, 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 the priest grabbed that ark that the Lord helped them and when the Lord helped them they stopped and they made a sacrifice commentaries say that it was the same anointing that fell on them when they traversed in the wilderness because that ark was heavy it was this long and this wide and this tall, made out of and it was covered with solid gold. It was heavy. Even for four men, it was heavy, walking in the sand in the wilderness, the rocks. But what would happen is there was a supernatural help that would come. The Lord would lighten their load. When they would, brother, brother, Lord, when they shouldered that ark, they said. The Lord is helping us do it the right way. It was, all of a sudden it was, the scripture says that my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When they got underneath that ark, the commentaries say that they, when they felt the Lord help them, that they rejoiced and they stopped and they made a sacrifice to God. They said, Lord, we're, we're going to do it the right way this time. And the Lord said, yeah, I see you're doing it the right way. And because you're doing it the right way, I'm going to help you. I'm going to lighten the load. You see, they could—they were afraid they couldn't make the journey before putting it on. the. They said, well, how do we carry this thing? It's too heavy. It's too far. The journey's too long. Why don't we just put it on the cart and let the ox do the work? But God said, if you'll do it the right way, I'll lighten the load. I'll help you. commentary say this the same supernatural help that God gave them so they could shoulder that much weight as they marched in the wilderness you see if you're willing to do it the right way God will help you church family you don't have to try to find a cart you don't have to try to find a different way a different method for the ark to sit on that you don't have to try to do it on your own strength and your own physical prowess there's too many churches in this world that are trying to move the the presence of God forward on an ark, move the ark of God forward, move on a cart that they built, pulling it along with some oxen, a man-made plan that's always going to fail. But God said, in this hour, I need some men and some women that know how to properly handle the things of God, that know how to properly handle His presence. Scripture says that on the way back to Jerusalem, that they stopped every eight paces, and they offered a sacrifice unto the Lord. The Scripture says that David put on the linen he fought and He danced mightily before the Lord. Oh God, I don't want it to. I don't want it to be another repeat of what happened to Uzzah. Lord, I don't want it to. I don't want to see that happen again. I want to do it right this time. Everything went great. The ark of the Lord was restored back to the place that David had prepared for it. David built him a tent. It was, it was not the tent that was in the wilderness, but he built him a tent. David wanted to build him a house of God, but God said, No, you're a bloody king. You can't build me a house. David. So David constructed him a tent that looked as close as he could that was the same dimensions, maybe just a little bit better than the old tent. And he put all of the artifacts back in there. When the ark was back in the right place, David had passed out wine and he'd passed out bread and he'd passed out chunks of meat to everybody in the kingdom. He was blessing the people of God. It was, it was. The people were rejoicing because the presence of the Lord had got back. But David got home that night for the bat. The scripture says that Saul's daughter, Michael, <laughs> caught David in the doorway to his household and said, he said, "Well, he said, didn't you make a fool of yourself today in the presence of all of the young maidens in Israel, David?" I'm just paraphrasing, but it's in there. Go back and read it. Dancing in your linen ephod like one of the vain fellows. You see? David wasn't the son of a king. Micah was the son of, was the daughter of a king. She had learned her perspective about the about the Ark of the Covenant and all that foolishness that David was doing. She had learned that in the household of Saul. And many of you are jumping ahead in your mind right now. Saul didn't handle it right to begin with He desecrated the sacred He offered sacrifices when he wasn't the, When he wasn't the proper He wasn't the man of God he, he, Samuel cursed him And the kingdom of God was ripped out of his hand Because he violated the sacred when David got home, Michael was looking out the window And said she despised him in her heart You got to be careful that you don't despise the sacred things Even in your heart What happened happened in the end of this story? i got to wrap this up. Michael, the scripture says that David said, if you think this was bad, I'm going to become even more vain than this. I'm going to worship the Lord even more than this. And he dismissed her. The scripture says that she was barren until the day that she died. Some theologians say that David never brought her back into his palace again. But other theologians say that the Lord cursed Michael. And she was never able to produce again. Your attitude matters, church family. Your heart matters. What's going on inside matters. How you handle the things of God matters in this hour that we're living in. Obed Edom said, "I'm going to put it in the proper place," and blessings, children flowed forth from his home. His lineage was forever established, and the children of Israel is a great man of God. But David got home, and Michael's attitude caused her to be barren all the days of her life. The way she despised David and the holy things the sacred things she thought all that was too much that's just foolishness why are you going to all that trouble David? my Lord the Ark of the Covenant was a blessing to some people's lives and it was a curse to other people's lives because it all depended on how that you handled how it was reverenced, how it was respected, and your attitude about it. Church family, in this late hour that we're living in, we have got to be sure that we've got our attitude right. We've got to be sure that we've got our heart right. We've got to be sure that we're handling the things of God properly. It's a great privilege and an honor to feel His presence to feel the presence of the Lord, to bask in His glory. glad to, to, to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost is a great privilege and an honor. This house is a great honor. This word, being able to read and to understand and to know this word is a great honor. These are sacred things. we got to keep our minds and our hearts and our spirits right.